You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast, bringing you the best heat media guests every single week. Here's your host, Dan Healy, brought to you by at the Miami Heat UK social media network. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 78 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I am your host, Dan Healy. We are back, guys. We are back. We've had a little bit of a break, a nice little recharge. I've got to admit, what are we, six weeks after the season finishing? I'm only just, only just starting to get quite a regular sleep pattern back going again. I'm just starting to feel like I'm re-energised again. Took me a long time. I'm getting old, what can I say? I've got my UK guys with me. It's been a while since we spoke. The last time we spoke was literally, you know, days after going out in Game 7 to the Celtics. So it's been a lot has happened. We are in now the cuts and throws of the off-season and uh, and trade deadline, etc. Plenty of trades going on. Plenty to talk about. Let's introduce the crew. Uh, Sam Aquara, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm bored, though. Itching for some Miami Heat basketball. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's that sort of thing, isn't it? We, we, you know, it's an exhausting, long, hard grind of a season for us over these shores. Um, but it doesn't take long before we want it straight back again, does it? Uh, Bilal Monar, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. I feel the same way as Sam. Yep, ready to be back. Absolutely. It's great to have you back, man. And uh, joining us from Greece, no less, on his holidays. This is commitment all the way from Rhodes, Oli Rahimi. Oli, you've gone there to cool down, yeah? Yeah, definitely. A lot cooler here than I think it is back home. Um, but yeah, buzzing to be here. It's been a while. Um, it's been a minute. And yeah, like you guys, I'm just I'm missing, missing watching the Heat play. Yeah, well, as I said, massively appreciate you all being back in your off-season, in your time off uh, to come back on and join me, especially Oli from his family holidays. Great to have you back, mate. Um, yeah, it is... It is the most Miami-esque weather we have had over here in the UK. Um, 38, 39 degrees Monday and Tuesday. Uh, this is not good for my kind. Um, there will be plenty of shade. There will be plenty of Factor 50 going on. Um, but let's not moan. Let's not moan. It's good to see some nice Miami-esque weather in uh, the UK. But guys, wow, what a lot that has happened. What a lot that is going on. Um, let's start at the big news, of course, from last night. Um, and that is... As is, you know, no surprise, Miami are in their pursuit here for one of Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell. It looks like we're prioritising Kevin Durant, rightly so, in my opinion. Um, Phoenix and Miami are the two preferred destination teams on KD's list, so we hear. Uh, and yesterday, Phoenix sort of hamstrung themselves a little bit by offering, uh, by matching the offer sheet presented to DeAndre Ayton from the Indiana Pacers of 133 million after four over four years, which is the biggest uh, offer sheet in NBA history. They have matched that. Um, Ollie, I'll start with you. Um, does this put them out the picture, or does it just do what I just say? Does it does it just hamstring them a little bit? Because I suppose there is still a package they can put together. But if we hear that reports are true that you know, by all means, another team can come into to this equation. Uh, there could be a sleeper team that we don't know about yet. And we'll come on to maybe what that could look like. But KD, by all reports, two teams are on his list. Phoenix Suns, Miami Heat. Phoenix have hampered themselves a bit here to be able to, to, to cap out with that offer sheet matched. Does it mean they're out of the picture? 
Um, I don't think it means they're out of the picture, no. I think um, anyone's in play until KD signs, basically. Um, if I'm honest, I don't really know the ins and outs of DeAndre Ayton's new contract, so I don't know whether that is included some sort of clause contract, uh, sorry, trade clause within that. Um, but also whether they would want to move him. I, I would assume that Devin Booker is obviously untouchable. Um, but as it goes to DeAndre Ayton, I don't think that they would see him as untouchable. So... I don't think they're out of the picture, but I think, as you said, they might have hamstrung themselves a little bit. Um, and that might have pushed the favour slightly towards Miami, who have a few more tradable assets, maybe some other things that, that Brooklyn would be slightly more interested in. Um, but again, KD has said that he wants to play with Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. So I think it's a difficult deal to do for whoever ends up landing KD. Um but yeah, I think the, the move to, to offer that contract to DeAndre and as you said, I think it has hampered Phoenix a little bit and now hopefully Miami are in number one position for him. Yeah, the um, the deal, um, I probably should have mentioned a bit more about the, the contract. The um, contract sheet means that he can't be now traded until at least January 15th and DeAndre okay. Ayton has a one-year like, um, uh, sort of buffer where he can void... Uh, a, 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 a trade, if you like. So if, if someone comes in that he doesn't want to go to, he has a year to avoid that. But the Suns physically cannot now trade him until January 15th, which again um, shows that he's maybe out the picture, obviously, in any negotiations. Not that we hear that Nets was probably looking towards going that way anyway. Um, Sam, let's just come on to now what a Phoenix Suns trade could still possibly look like, maybe compared to what Miami's looked like, and see what you think. Because... They've still got pieces there. Look, they're still a good team. The good thing about Phoenix, a bit like Miami, is regardless of what happens here, they've still got a team that's capable of challenging, especially the Phoenix Sun, who finished with 63 wins last season, and they've got everyone back again. So they'll be ready to go regardless of this, how this goes down. But Sam, um, a trade sort of package could still centre around Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, another filler piece, maybe even Jay Crowder, someone like that, plus up to three first-round picks now, if you match that compared to Miami's maybe best offer they can put on, we would look at that as maybe Cole Lowry, Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson, and two first-round picks. They might be able to unlock the third if they can get Phoenix to unprotect it. Um, who do you think there has the better, more attractive package if it was to be those two teams? Now, I'm not suggesting that that is going to be how it goes down. You would still say that either one of those maybe need a third team to come in. And we'll come on to that in a second. But who's got the more attractive package, do you think, there out of those two? Um, sound, mate. I think they will definitely need a third team to come in. Whoops. I think we'll definitely need a third team to come in or multiple teams as well. But keeping that aside, I, I don't think the Heat have got enough assets to make that work, that trade work. Um, I think we sort of overvalue our stars or we see value where others don't. I think that's a better way to put it. But um, yeah, I think the Suns will be able to put together a better package for Kevin Durant. Yeah, I think that um, I think it's quite even. I think it depends really what they want here, Brooklyn. Um, I think you're right. Uh, and Bilal, I, I get your view on this. I think that either way this goes down, that's not enough to what maybe Brooklyn are going to be looking for. We did hear reports from um, the Nets. I'm not sure how true this is, that they did sort of throw out a discussion with the Timberwolves where they wanted uh, Edwards, Towns 
And I think four picks, well, for me, that's ridiculous. You're not going to get that sort of return. Um, I don't know how true that even report is. But I think this either way this goes down, a bit like the Jimmy Butler trade, it's going to need three or four teams here to make this work. Um, do you agree with that? And do you have any sort of idea of where that may come from? Um, so, not from a Miami perspective for now, unless maybe Bam is traded, which obviously I don't, I don't think anyone would would want, and I'm not sure. Not, I'm just speaking for myself here. But um, before before DeAndre Ayton signed that extension, which I was, I'm really happy about. I thought the Pacers, the Nets, and the and the Phoenix Suns and maybe throwing another team could have centered around a, a, a package around DeAndre Ayton going to the Pacers. Pacers throwing all their picks to the Nets. So I'm really happy that that deal didn't go through. But if it is Miami, like Sam said, I don't think we have enough. Um, we don't have enough picks. Our We value our players. I'm not sure if anyone else values them the way we do. And the best out of the players we develop. And we've seen in the past that players that move on from Miami don't tend to work out. And there's a lot of examples within the past couple of years. So that's where people might look at historically where things go wrong when people leave Miami. So it's a hard one for Miami. It's just, I think it's, it's more about if KD actually says, I want to go to Miami Heat. I think that's the only way the deal can get done. And then we they'll need to sympathise somewhere. Yeah, I mean, look, I agree with the fact... I don't think anybody is going to... Even the, the sort of wildest Heat fans aren't going to sort of say that we've got enough to get KD done. Unless you're going to include Bam Adebayo, which we know we're not going to include Bam Adebayo. That's official. They're saying that he's, he's off the table. It's as simple as that. And one of the main reasons that KD has got Miami on his list is because he wants to play with Bam Adebayo. So it's not going to happen. He's not going the other way. Um, so Heat don't have enough. It's as simple as that. I was talking to a couple of Nets fans in uh, the UK community, um, and they were saying the same. They was going, look, that Miami's offer, uh, offer is, you know, it's borderline awful. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it's awful. I think it's a respectable offer, but it's not enough to get a top three calibre player. It's going to need a third team, at least maybe four teams to get involved. And I'll just remind you here, of what we did with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler came to the Heat with Myers Leonard as part of the deal, where, um, you know, we know Josh Richardson went to the 76ers. We got rid of Hassan Whiteside and his awful contract to the Trailblazers. And the Clippers helped us out uh, by taking on Mo Harkless and taking a first-round pick. This is the sort of thing. We, 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 we got rid of an awful contract. And let's face it, a pretty crap player at that point in Hassan Whiteside. Uh, we got rid of Jay Rich, who was a respectable player, but he's nothing more than a B plus, B minus player um, to, to the Sixers. And we took on a guy that's changed our franchise. So you never rule out Pat Riley, you never rule out the Miami Heat to get this sort of thing done. And on the back of that, um, a little bit, it's, this isn't really reporting as such in my sense, but I do have a small bit of information from a guy that is tied into the Heat uh, this isn't any real sort of breaking news. This isn't any sort of massive bomb here. But we know that the Heat feel confident. But from the guy that I spoke to today, he said, who has ties within the organisation, he has said that Miami and their front office feel they are now the front runner for Kevin Durant to get into Miami. So that's sort of showing you that they feel like this can get done. 
it probably isn't enough. It almost certainly isn't enough to be done on our own. But when you look at how that trade went down with Jimmy Butler, I, I think that this that you, you, you do not rule anything out. on. I don't know how the package looks. I don't know what teams it is involved. But the fact that the Heat are confident that they are now a front runner, the front runner was the words that this guy said, um, that sort of shows you that the team think that there's, that there's a deal to be done here. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Um, quite exciting times. Um, as I just mentioned there, Ollie, Bam, as we know, is off the table. Just to quickly point on that, because from my point of view, is you, you dismiss it. You don't do the deal. But just if they did include Bam, and I know there's this whole Bam and Simmons thing, they can't be on a contract. If you ignore that for a minute, if Bam and bio is on the table and that is what it takes to get it done, you know, that suddenly he is the best player that's available in this trade, you would have to say, regardless of what team gets done. So if Bam went as part of this trade package, when the, if you consider the fact that we've also lost PJ Tucker, would you consider a starting five of last season's Lowry, Str- Max Struess, Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker, Bam Adebayo, is any better or any worse than what a new look side would look like maybe of Lowry, Struess, Butler, Kevin Durant, and let's say Yurtseven. Does that team improve enough? Is it is it is it worth if it was literally the phone call was made and that was the offer, and if you accept it, the deal is done. Do you do it or do you feel like it doesn't really change enough? Oh, that's a tough question. Um so to, to, to analyze it, I think offensively that team gets better because you you acquire one of the greatest scorers to have ever played the game. But in losing PJ and Bam, you lose the two cornerstones of our defence, which, as we know, is is the Miami Heat way of playing. You know, it's defence into offence and defence wins you titles. Um, so the defence is is the main thing for Miami. And obviously, Kyle Lowry's a, a good defender. Struess has his... Has his moments, but he's not he's not great. Obviously, Jimmy Butler's a great defender, but the whole unit defensively works so well together. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I was so like disappointed in losing PJ Tucker is because he was such an important part of that unit, not necessarily a standout player, but he just he was the perfect fit at that four spot. So I think you'd need to weigh up the defensive loss versus the offensive gain in that situation. Um, and obviously signing KD would make any team immediately better, but putting him next to somebody like Ome Yurtseven, I don't know. He's obviously not quite ready yet, but he's he's shown glimpses as well. Um, but if I think if it meant getting rid of Bam, like shipping Bam out, I don't think Pat would want to do it, to be honest. Um, and that's not saying that Bam is a better player than KD or he's got the ceiling to be as good as KD because he doesn't, to be honest. Um but you're trading away your future and you're trading away your your next generation of Heat players. And if that doesn't include KD, then a core of Bam Adebayo and Donovan Mitchell, for example, will give you longevity. It can give you the next five, six, seven years of constantly challenged for titles. But, you know, KD in two or three years' time, when he's he's older, he might be retiring, then you're back to square one. You don't have Bam and you're you're back to the point where maybe before we got Jimmy Butler, we're back in that point again. So I don't know. There's a lot of factors to consider it. Um, and I think the Heat are wise to not include Bam. I, I think they would be silly to include him. 
Um, but yeah, to be honest, I, I don't know how to answer your question. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you have answered it well, because I think that you, you've summarised the sort of main points that a lot of people would, would that would listen to it might scoff at the idea of well, why would you not give up Bam Adebayo for one of the best players in the world, you know, a top two, top three player in the world. Um, you know, we're not saying, like you just said there, we're not saying that uh, Bam is that level yet. We're also not saying that he would ever get to that level. We, you know, we're talking about a, a, a Hall of Fame player here. Bam Adebayo might not reach that, but at 34 years old, um, you might not. You might only get two or three more years of real production that maybe does give you that chance. But you take away that with PJ Tucker that we've already lost, as you say. Now, okay, you filled in a role with with KD, which is fantastic. But you're now relying on a rookie, for example, like over Yurtsman, who although you know was you know he showed glimpses of promise. I don't see that as a massive needle mover, and that might sound crazy, but I, I genuinely believe that. I just feel like you wouldn't do that deal if that was me. If it meant putting up Bam, I don't believe you would do that deal. Um, Sam, let's come away from KD for a second. Let's talk about the other guy, the, the fullback guy, if you like, which is Donovan Mitchell. Um, it looks like maybe 24 hours ago that New York, uh, which he's got deep ties to, uh, family is from there, etc. Um, it looked like that deal was almost done. It would look like it was just inevitable to be done. Um, again, same sort of scenario here. Kate, uh, Mitchell was said, you know, there's two teams that I want to go to. New York will be one of them. Miami will be the other. We know there's a relationship there with Jimmy, etc. as well. So we know all the right things here. Um, there's some issues in the fact that, obviously, Danny Ainge, Pat Riley, that's always going to be frosty. We don't know how that's going to go down. But overnight, we heard that the offer um, or what the uh, Utah Jazz were, were wanting to get back from taking on uh, for, from um, obviously this package was the majority of New York's eight first round picks. Whew, I mean, for me, that's crazy. Um, I think the Rudy Gobert situation has inflated that quite massively. Um, New York have scoffed at it. They've said that they're not willing to do that, maybe even willing to walk away from that. I think that maybe a bit, a bit of chess here. We may still see that doing. I still expect that to happen. But my question to you, Sam, is if... New York have called and Danny Ainge does just say, OK, Miami, this is the package I want. You have got the assets to do this yourself. I want, for example, Cole Lowry, Tyler Harrow, uh, all the picks you can get, let's say, whether that be two or three and fill, let's say, a, um, a Yurtz of them. Um, and this deal is done. It can be done right now. It could be done tonight. But you still know that the KD situation is hovering and maybe even tipping into your favour. What do you do here? What do you do? Do you bite the bullet? Do you do you stay firm and, and prioritise KD? Or if you can get Mitchell right now on your own with no help from any other third parties or fourth teams or whatever, do you do it? Uh, that's one thing I hate about talking hypotheticals because your mind just goes in different directions. Um, it's a really tough one. If I could get the Donovan Mitchell situation done right now, would I forego Kevin Durant? Honestly speaking, I can't answer that. I honestly can't answer that because I feel to get both or to get each of them done will take a lot. So it's not a case of it being a simple sort of trade and you get um, Donovan Mitchell. Both of them are definitely going to involve multiple teams, multiple picks and like you said, it's an inflated market, and I think it will even be harder to get a deal out of Utah, considering they did the deal to ship off Rudy Gobert. So they're 
they're already expecting something like that as a bare minimum. So it's it's a very tricky thing to discuss. Yeah, I, I personally think it will end up going uh, to New York. I think that um, it's just a matter of negotiating that deal. And it's all about the negotiations, I suppose, isn't it? I mean, they've gone in saying they want the majority six, six picks, for example, out of the eight that are available. Um, considering they got, you know, four, or if you even include the draft uh, draft D they got, they've basically got five first-round picks for Rudy. So you can see what they're saying. I think that maybe it will still get done. Um, Bilal, just one more thing way, to add as we to said... that, sorry. Yep. Just one quick thing to add to that. The reason why um, I'd be leaning towards the New York Knicks to get that sort of deal done is because if you look through their past trade history... In comparison to Miami, they're dumb enough to give away so much on a trade. You see what happened with, um, was it Amari Stoudemire? Um, There's just countless tales of how they sold their future and they were like doomed for like four or five years. So I think the Knicks are stupid enough to throw the boat away for a trade. Uh, just just sticking before I come on to you, Bilal, just sticking with that, Sam, do you think that if that deal does go down, and they've obviously got uh, Jalen Brunson as well, which is a good good player. You know, he's had a great year. Uh, they're moving in the right direction. But I got a little bit of heat from Knicks fans last night when I tweeted out that, you know, they, I don't really see them still past, you know, a 7-8 seed. Certainly still a first-round exit. Um, everybody else has got just as good or better. You know, I, I still put the balls above them. I still put the Raptors above them. We've obviously still got the top four who we know who they are. They're obviously still better. They're not, they're not a challenger. Do you think that, you know, whatever happens now, they, they're, they're, I suppose it's a move in the right direction, but they're still first round exit, right? Absolutely. They will be somewhat competitive, but that's not a superstar team. It's just not, no. let's be honest. No. Okay. Let's, let's leave to Knicks. Um, Bilal, uh, we've mentioned there that we don't think, Either way, it will be done trade by trade, team by team. There will probably be third teams, maybe even four teams. Do you see anybody here sneakily getting involved? We know, for example, for this is for both players, by the way, because I suppose there'll be the same sort of teams looking at both players. But we've heard that the Raptors were quite strongly linked with KD, especially. Um, now that's starting to cool off. Could there be a surprise? Could we see, for example... Um, the Pelicans? Could we see the Grizzlies? Uh, you know, have, have they got something that maybe could get this deal done even on their own? Do you think there could be a, 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 a white herring here, someone that could just swoop in and get a deal done, you know, a bit like the Kawhi Leonard deal was with with, with um, uh, uh, Toronto a couple of years ago? Out of nowhere, not even linked. There was half a dozen teams here. Not even linked. Suddenly, is a Toronto Raptor. Do you see someone who's maybe got a package to, to scupper this? Yeah, um, like you said, um, all of those teams that you mentioned have really attractive players and packages that can be offered for KD. And obviously, we've seen in the past that someone that wasn't even in the mix, like the Raptors a couple of years ago, just came in and flew in for KM for Kawhi. So, um, yeah, Toronto has definitely got a very attractive um, package. But then again, like you said, if they do throw the package to KD and the Nets, what when KD does go to the Raptors, what what's left? Um, the same same bone with with Memphis. If you're throwing package a package with all those young pieces and picks, what's left? It's just going to be John Morant and KD. So he's he's basically putting himself back into that situation where it's just him and someone else against the rest. The reason why yeah. he picked Phoenix and Miami is he saw a team around that. So 
I think that's what's attracted him the most. I mean, that's what's attracted yeah KD the most. So I I I still think that, especially since the DeAndre Ayton thing, Miami is the front runners for now. Even though we've we've got we've not got much to offer, but it's yeah, what KD I, would like, I would guess. I, I I agree with you, and I think that is a reason. It does also, by the way, little side note, does make me laugh a little bit that a guy like Kevin Durant, who's always had these legacy issues. Um, sort of hovering over him that he's always not really cared about, but gets a bit touchy on the subject. And suddenly his list of two teams are the two number one seeds in both conferences. That sort of made me smile a little bit. But um, just, yeah, getting back to it, I think you're right. I think that, you know, there's not many teams here where you gut, you know, it's going to take a haul and you you gut your depth, your stars, your assets, whatever it may be to acquire KD, which is what you've got to do to get a superstar player to then allow you to still be a contender. And, um, yeah, I think that, you know, the Brooklyn Nets here, you know, they could do what they want with this. They could trade him to whoever they want, to whatever they look after and get whatever package they feel is best. But do you want to risk that? Do you want to risk that, you know, if you're the team that have gutted your team to do that, to then get an unhappy star who may then even sit? It's mm-hmm. it's a real tough one. Go on, Blair. The team, the team we haven't mentioned, who has a lot of, a lot of uh, attractive pieces. The Golden State Warriors. Oh man, he he can't do it, can he? You know that's we never that know be, with this guy. We never know. That, we never know. Oh, that would be horrendous, wouldn't it? To 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 go on your own, not get anywhere in well, all right, one year he was he was injured, but the second year for it to be a first round exit to get swept out of the first round, and then just to go back and join your team to win rings. No, man, I can't see it. I can't see it happening. But um, who knows? We've been wrong before. Um, right, guys, let's just pivot slightly. If this all goes wrong, and there's a very re- realistic chance that this goes wrong, I completely back the heat, by the way, for what they're doing. I'm all for sticking out to try and get one of these two all-star caliber players. Absolutely, 100%. You don't try and cap yourself out when you could have got a deal done. But if it all does go south, um, Ollie, do uh, obviously there's a gaping hole here at the four. At the moment, we're looking at Max Struess and um, and and Hayward Highway uh, to, nice to, to be our uh, possible starting fours here. Highsmith, sorry. Um, if it has to be, then the backup option is to go out and fill that void, to fill the PJ Tucker void. Um, the names that sort of crop up that we know, uh, John Collins could be available. Harrison Barnes could be available. Miles Turner could be available. Any out of those three that you think, you know, if all else fails, you run it back with a damn good team. You run it back with Cole Lowry and Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson, et cetera. Or maybe obviously Duncan would have to go in this trade. But you go and fill that gap by losing PJ for one of them. It wouldn't be the end of the world. But, you know, would you ultimately be disappointed? And secondly, out of those three, who would you prefer? Or is there somebody else on your radar? Yeah, I think um, one of those three is obviously an upgrade on where we would be now if we don't get KD or Donovan Mitchell, obviously. Um, I've always quite liked John, John Collins. I think he's also kind of liked Miami. Um, I know, I think he went to Florida University or Miami University. Um, or he's from Miami. He's got some sort of link to Miami. Um, so, yeah, I think a backcourt of, sorry, a frontcourt of, of him and Bam would be quite interesting. Um, Miles Turner, I'm, I'm not so high on. He he is a great player, but I think you've already got somebody like Bam and acquiring Miles Turner might... Does that mean that Bam's going to play the four or Miles Turner's going to play the four? So that's contentious. So, yeah, I mean, 
I think the the positive in that situation that we don't get KD or Donald Mitchell and we end up with one of those three is that we retain Kyle Lowry and, and Tyler Hero, hopefully, because you know, we've all seen the new pictures of Kyle Lowry. He's looking he's looking in great shape, which Pat Riley obviously challenged him to get into. Um and I think I think maybe it's getting lost in the conversation a little bit. If we do get KD or if we do get Donovan Mitchell, we've then got to go out and find a new starting point guard. Otherwise, it's going to be Gabe Vincent because Kyle Lowry will be centre-pieced in terms of his money, will be moved in either of those two deals. So we won't then have a starting point guard unless you want to rely on Gabe Vincent all year. And he's been phenomenal. We've all talked him up loads. But is he ready to be the starting point guard on a championship-winning team? I'm not sure. Mm. So then you have a you have a second conversation almost after the acquisition of KD or Donovan Mitchell. So I think in terms of just filling the void that PJ Tucker has left and keeping us at the level that we were at last year, then yeah, one of those three would do that job and my preference would be John Collins. Um, but seeing how other teams have developed um, and even just looking at Boston, how good they were towards the end of last season anyway, um, we, we need to do something. Um, and one of those three, I think, has got to be the bare minimum if we don't get Mitchell or, or Durant. Yeah, and I think that, you know, the great thing we've always said is we all trust the front office to do the right thing. There'll be a backup plan after a backup plan after a backup plan. I'm sure that if this trade all goes down tomorrow where Mitchell becomes a Nick and, you know, KD does end up going to the Suns for whatever package they can throw, um, uh, very quickly will be announced somebody of that calibre. Um, Sam... I'm with Ollie, whereas if I could pick him, uh, one of those three players, John Collins probably is the best fit. But I did tweet out about a week ago that I quite like the fit with Miles Turner, which got mixed reviews from the, the replies. Um, defensively, it's a lock. You've got an elite rim protector to, to there. You've got another great defender. You've got a guy that can shoot. Um, but some people were saying that that's overrated. The shooting isn't really there. Um, I'm not really sure, like what Ollie said, who's the four, who's the five there. Yes, defensively, it's very good. But offensively, it still gives you some questions that would need to be answered. Um, do you agree with that? Do you think that uh, that Collins is maybe the one to go with if it become that, you know, that's the avenue that opens up to us? Um, I actually like Miles, Miles Turner. Um, for me, I feel like that sort of puts us where we were last year. I feel Bam taking the sort of role that PJ Tucker held will easily make Miles available at the center position. And I think Bam would be an easier slot into the four because of his versatile defense and his ability to sort of switch to offense when he chooses to. We know the three ball is nothing comparable to PJ Tucker, but I do think Miles Turner, Miles Turner's ability to spread the ball will be helpful as well. So in terms of sort of sort of getting us back to where we were last year and playing similar basketball as we did last year as well, I think Milestone would be a great fit. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I said that I, I think it was good. And yeah, I did get a few that agreed with me. I got more that disagreed with me than agreed. But I think that does work. I think it is a, an, an interesting piece. I would be happy if that happened. And, you know, by all accounts, he is available. You know, they're, they're a selling team at the moment. Um, I think that could be uh, could be achieved quite quickly. Bilal, if um, all goes down that route, we know that a lot of the teams really have sort of just stayed as they were. You know, the Bucks maybe have got a bit better. The Celtics have acquired Gallinari. You know, uh, obviously the Sixers have got PJ Tucker. 
plus now a bit more cap space because Harden has taken a bit of a pay cut. Um, if it means Miami are the same team, less, let's say, Duncan Robinson, but you put on, say, a Miles Turner, let's just say, have we improved? Have we just stayed level? Are we, we're still a contending team. We're, uh, would you feel like it's just a year wasted of Jimmy's window? Or, you know, what, what, what's your overriding feelings if that's the way it's going down? Would it be an overriding one of disappointment? Um, yeah, definitely a disappointment. I'm, I, I'm in agreement with you. I'm in agreement with you with the Miles Turner stuff. I think that would be a great fit next to Bam. Um, however, Boston acquired with a I would, who I've always wanted at Miami and I think is a great fit there at Boston as another versatile defender, a shot creator, a playmaker. So that's, Boston's improved massively because they were always quite thin last year and now they've got Gallinari as well, who's a proven vet in the league. Um, the Bucks have had a longer rest and they're going to come back healthier. Um, they've got Joe Ingles as well, which is a which is an upgrade on their bench. And and obviously Philly are still yet to make their moves. And PJ Tucker, they've taken us off us. So um, what we need to understand is that not, that's going to be another 82 game season for Kyle Lowry, for Jimmy Butler, without much offensive help. So um, I'm not too sure if we're we're going to be classed as a contender. It might might turn out ugly for us next season if we, if we go in like this. If I'm honest. Okay, Ollie, you've come off mute. Yeah, this is that's the point um, that Bilal you just you just mentioned about Jimmy and Kyle being the main scorers. That's that's my concern around a Miles Turner's a Miles Turner move is that you don't have a lot of scoring then really outside of Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero maybe Victor Oladipo who we've not mentioned, but there's not really scoring other than that, and that's why I think we're looking at Mitchell and, and KD. And that's what we need more than defense. I think. I agree. Yeah. Look. Um... We'll see. As you said, I, I, I think you're 100%. If you've got a shot, if you've got a chance, if you feel like you're a legitimate, um, you know, you're on that list, which we are, for either one of those players, you hold it out. And if it means your targets go, then they go. But you, what would you, how sick would you feel if you're going to do a deal for, for Miles Turner and then suddenly, you know, KD gets packaged for a deal that you could have beaten? You'd be sick, absolutely sick. So, yeah, you, you, whilst you're still in there, until you've been told it's zero chance, you go and do that deal. Let's finish up, guys. One word each, or one team each. Ollie, I'll start with you. Where will Kevin Durant be starting the season next year? As a Brooklyn Net, as a Miami Heat player, as a Phoenix Suns player, or anybody else? Where will he be? Where will he be opening the season in October? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Sam. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Bill L. He's a heater. Yes. <laughs> uh, I just I just think that um, 10 years, Pat Riley's been waiting for this moment. I think they're going all in for him. Yep. Pat Riley, 77 years old. He's missed out on him before. Mm-hmm. I don't think he misses out on him again. I just look, It's a feeling. We're always a bit of a hype train. You know, as an organisation, as a, as a fan base, we are always shooting for the superstar. Um, I just feel like this time we'll connect. That's a good way to end. Guys, uh, we'll see what happens. Obviously, um, we're still in the off-season. We are still recharging after a busy season. Content will come back, obviously, quick and fast. I have got a holiday, family holiday in two weeks' time. Um, when we get back from there, plans are in motion to get things rolling uh, for content next season. We will start back 
with uh, with new ideas, new um, you know feel to everything, and um, and we'll be back thick and fast, as I said. Unless something big happens in the meantime, of course, if there's a big trade that goes down, then we'll be back. I might even try and squeeze in another episode um, uh, before I go on holiday in two weeks' time to try and get a, a perspective from somebody over in the states, although. Everyone's on holiday here as well at the moment. Will Manso's getting married. He's on holiday. Uh, Ethan's on holiday. Uh, I'll try and get, maybe I'll try and get old David Ramil. He's always working. But we're, so we might be back. If not, um, obviously we'll catch up soon. But let's hopefully, next time we speak, we'll see where KD is, perhaps. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, as always, please subscribe to Miami Heat UK TV. Big things coming next season on there. Follow us on all social media at the Miami Heat UK. And we'll be back soon, no doubt. Take it easy. You've been listening to Heating Up the UK. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to ensure you never miss a show. Also, go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by finding our page at the Miami Heat UK. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV, for our latest shows and fun content. That's your Miami Heat from across the pond. Covered. Thanks for listening.